Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hack Season 11, Episode 3. It's the end of the Magneto arc from X-Men 1991. We're going to say goodbye to Chris Claremont, y'all. He's going to get the gold watch and a send-off here after 30-plus years on the X-Men. Um, and really, this is the countdown of this book from its original start date, the the... The milk has got to go bad here in a couple of issues <laughs> on the line tonight. I don't have the full crew. I have most of them, though. It's the, it's, uh, the most consistent Marvel hacks on the line. It's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. What's going on, y'all? Only on the radio side tonight, if you will. Yeah, I know. If you watch on the YouTube channel or subscribe, nothing here tonight. Technical issue, really, mostly just because Hutch didn't send us the link. Uh, also on the line tonight, uh, it's Brother Beavis. What's going on? I, I might be here. You double clutched on that countdown. You know it's hard enough for me to like stay in oh. already. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the <laughs> stay on the two count, bro. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we're really just gonna. <laughs> well, we're really just um, kind of counting down uh, as this original start thing with Jim Lee and Chris Claremont ends after this issue. It's a quick three-issue Magneto arc, and then the book gets turned over, which we'll talk about um, at the end of this particular episode uh, after we go review this particular book. But, yeah, it's, um, it's something else. Uh, so Claremont leaves this book, and he does come back to it eventually because it is comic books. It's like a, you know, a comic book death. You know, eventually they, they always come back, but it's not for a very long time. So I'm going to put you guys both on the spot outside of um, Days of Future Past and outside of the Dark Phoenix saga. Do you have a favorite Chris Claremont run, two to three issues or a segment of time or anything like that? Put you on the spot. I'm going to take mine off the top as you think about it. I'm going to say that arc that he did where I think it was Paul Smith was doing the art where they brought Rogue in and we got Punk Rock Storm. Mm -hmm. Like that that mm -hmm. arc, I think it's like 171 to maybe the 175 or so with Madeline Pryor and uh, Mastermind with the fake spoiler alerts. Um, that that that's a that's one of my favorite runs. Like the books looked amazing. The the story was you know real tight back then too. So yeah, that's one of my favorite Claremont runs outside of the ones he's mostly known for. What you got, guys? Um, I guess I'll go first. I, actually, I got probably a couple. This is still in the Phoenix saga uh, before the Dark Phoenix uh, saga uh, itself. But um, when they uh, ironically, it's again a, a Magneto again uh, when they the entire team basically fights Magneto and he basically kidnaps the entire team to his complex and locks them in that uh, whatever the machine that makes them mm -hmm. act like babies or whatever the hell yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. I um, not only the artwork, obviously John Byrne, but uh, the story. It's so preposterous, but it's so good at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. I love that arc. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, that's classic stuff. What you got, brother? Beavis? Well, I think I like your I like your answer, producer, because it comes from that era where I think he actually kind of was working harder than normal. Because I think you had the original run mm. where you know you had had the classic team and the classic stories, and then to rebuild it around a new team, um, you know, with with a lot of kind of B list characters, to be honest. I think that was that's a, a pretty cool era in general. Although some of the art's not great, for sure. Um, there's a there's a storyline that mm -hmm. I think we might have done a recap on it. The the alternate reality 
Cool and Gath storyline where they're all locked on Long Island and Spider-Man's like the only person who remembers reality. I've always liked those. Um, yeah, but I think I like the Brood it's series. It's a crazy story. More, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't know how much it holds mm. up, but I, I've always thought that was cool. Um, I, you know, obviously it's pretty heavily ripped off yeah. from Aliens and everything else, but yeah, that, that's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he put in some work. I mean, let's not, you know, we're not, again, anything that's happening in X-Men world now in terms of the, the Marvel Universe that we're going to see and the basis really still of the comic books is from him. And then his inspiration, again, this is going to last, this Claremont, Jim Lee, whatever thing's only going to last 11 issues. And when he's off the book, you immediately see the difference, um, immediately. Uh, and again, we'll talk about it here momentarily. But And I will say, um, I, it's, aside, aside from any particular arc, the one thing that I always enjoyed about it more than anything was the whole one panel off in the corner that would pay off 12 issues down the road. Mm. That was that was the yeah. Claremont. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That always, I was like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Like, it made me want to go back and like try and piece together those things. Or like, oh yeah, I remember that. So that was the yeah. other thing that. I yeah, his that. foreshadowing. His foreshadowing is uh, amazing. And you were saying after those that 175 books, like I think Paul Smith had such a short run. I think we we did review those books back in the day, but then I think Ramita comes on the book after that junior. Yeah. And I mean, uh, John Ramita. I, I, yeah. I think. Ramita's a love hate with a lot of people. You know, like I love him on Thor, but I didn't like him on X Men. I love him on Spider Man, but I didn't like him on other stuff. So, like, he's mm-hmm. I think he's better in individual books, but yeah, whatever. Um, love his right. artwork. Love his artwork. Yeah. yeah. So let's get uh, let's start the show here or set the show. Uh, so we're gonna review this book. It's essentially X Men versus X Men, y'all. Uh, we're gonna stop off to remember what was the awfulness of Sovereign Seven. Um, if you didn't know, and from what I saw on Twitter, a lot of people didn't. Claremont leaves this book in '91, and then he gets a DC creator-owned thing, and I think it's '98 or '95. It, it's a while before he actually gets it, and um, it's. Uh-huh. pretty bad um we'll talk a little bit about it tonight um and then uh we're gonna preview my note says preview the crap books that come right after this um because um there there is so much omega red I, the push wrestling term fuck Hulk hogan the push that he gets is incredible brother he was like i don't know they, I don't know what they saw in him, um, like the Renegade or whatever. Man, they saw something that none of us saw. Well, his power set is like it was. His power set was apparently put together in a boardroom because they're like, oh, we could give him this, yeah. and we could give him this because he's got like the death pheromones and the energy drain and the carbonadium yeah. coils, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So yeah, he's yeah. he's definitely a patchwork yeah. to be sure. Yeah, son. It's a 90s character oh. through and through. Yeah, Omega Red with the Kung Fu grip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty bad. It's just bad. And there's yeah. issue after issue of it. And as I was reading ahead, I was just like, oh, my God, he's still in this book? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it does give you some good reveals about some other characters that become important later on and some stories that do kind of pay off later as well. But uh, overall, it's just not great. All right. So let's get into this book. The first thing up, can we touch uh, on the cover before Jim we Lee, Scott del- delve into it? Yeah, it's my first note. Yeah, you jumped right to <laughs> okay. it. Uh, yeah, the cover. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I, I love ninety-nine percent of this cover. I think the, in particular, 
the centerpiece of Colossus about the whale on Wolverine because he does have it coming. Uh, the yeah. whole Gambit Archangel <laughs> tussle is pretty sweet. But, well, the one thing I wanted to point out is like mm. it, Iceman like shooting off into the side when there's clearly no one else left to fight for him to fight is just like emblematic of Iceman's <laughs> role in this overall uh, <laughs> <X-Men> chronology. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my my note my note says to look at the matchups, you know, so Psylocke versus Gene, well that makes sense, you know, and Wolverine and Colossus right, right in the center, that's kinda interesting as well. Storm is I guess shooting at Beast. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Like, I guess it looks like yeah. lightning going that she, way. She's kinda and shooting then, behind uh Colossus, which is kinda weird, but yeah. It's, yeah. And Cyclops I, it's, is it's aimed at Beast, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Cyclops is shooting into the void or uh, the void as well. Like I don't know where he's really fighting. Well, I, I guess he could I have been shooting. That's at no, Ice that's Man. not intentional. It looks like he's shooting at Archangel. Yeah. There, there's a receiver in the air. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a great cover. This is a classic Jim Lee cover. You know, uh, you got a bunch of stuff going on all at once. You know, it looks nice yeah. and clean. What we talked about a little mm-hmm. bit in issue two, though, is going to happen in this book as well. Whereas the book starts off a certain way of art and then it starts to fade. You know, as you get kind of towards the middle, it starts to fade out a little bit. The, the clarity that is there and the characters really starts to go down. And again, again. That was Image's whole base. We're going to draw really good books. Might take us two years to get two books out, but, you know, it'll look really good. And, you know, there'll be some crotch shots for the ladies in there for you if you like that. So, yeah. So let's go. So Chris Claremont gets the uh, the final issue of X-Men for Chris Claremont there. I, I thought that was just funny because, again, maybe in 1991 I might have thought, like, man, damn it, Chris Claremont ain't never going to write an X-Men book before. But 2020 me is just like, okay, dude. <laughs> you know he's going to come back. They always come back, man. Everybody that says they ain't coming back is great. But that's a great, uh, like, full-page artwork there, too, with everybody silhouetted in black. Like, I thought that was really cool. Like, again, like, man, that probably took him a lot of time to do. And since that took him so much time, later in the book, the rest of the book kind of starts to fall <laughs> apart a little bit. So, all right. Let's yeah. see. So as we get through this, my note says here, so book opens with Storm's uh, junior varsity X-Men team headed to Asteroid M on, um, on Wonder Woman's invisible jet. Is that about right? Yeah, pretty much. They explain pretty it much. to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, they do. Very much so. It's a glider, not a plane, uh, that Forge put together, and they are um, riding on the wind. I have a note here. It says, Brother Beavis, is there wind in space? Uh, well, so, uh, I mean, there, so. <laughs> Give us a scientific there's, answer. There's certainly energetic particles <laughs> and forces, but I would say it goes more into the electromagnetic realm pretty quickly. And so you can make it makes sense yes. that Magneto would be here because in fact he's not protected by the Earth's atmosphere and he can actually channel some of these forces. But I think it's a stretch. They have to drop a uh, mm-hmm. uh, what? It, what are they? She's reached her limit. She's focused her power to the utmost, but the air is too thin. There's certainly yes. not a, a hard line, <laughs> but she's reached a point where there's not a lot of molecules up here at this air molecules at this point. Yes, yeah, and we get Which to basically what she says. Where, 
Yeah, and we get to later yeah. where Gene has to go deal with this as well, and that's a whole nother freaking uh, because comics as well. Uh, but yeah, mm. so Archangel. I didn't think that Archangel would need the freaking helmet since he's kind of like a dead sort of demon. Um, I didn't think he'd need the, the, the apparatus to breathe. I think Apocalypse just kind of gave him a suit and obviously the wings, but I think he's still just the useless mutant he always was, <laughs> other than the wings. Um, that's that's the impression I got, though. Yeah, he just has blue so, skin. And yeah. then later on, they pull off like his garb, and he's still yeah. got the Warren Worthington yellow mm. hair. Um, so he's he's just regular. Yeah, he's just got yeah. blue skin. I mean, he, again, his design is amazing. Like, it, you know, from where he was yeah. to what that I is disagree. or what he became, that's great. He still sucks. Yeah. You don't like I the like, design? I <laughs> never have liked the Archangel really? design. I actually love the Angel design, mm. particularly the red and white one. But he is garbage. I mean, I, that, don't for a second think yeah. I'm, arguing, <laughs> that I'm arguing that he is not garbage. This, But I've always thought the red and white... This is your th- I like the wings. Yeah. Better. I don't like yeah. the Archangel yeah. design. And his power set is also stupid with the flechettes and the paralyzing agent. Again, that's like, we got to give mm. this guy some power. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Archangel with the Kung Fu grip. Uh, you know, you like an angel in that outfit is literally you channeling your three issues of champions that you Probably. had in your house growing up. Probably. That's basically it. Yeah. There's like a repressed, like, 11-year-old memory that's clinging. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. It's, yeah, it explains that and your Ghost Rider love. Oh, that yeah. explains a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so, Gene... I can't. So Gene's that. gonna fly the glider next uh, as as Storm gets us as close as she can. Uh, we get some kind of not great um, ethnically <laughs> insensitive moments here, uh, where uh, <laughs> uh, Banshee calls Forge the Indian, um, and he drops a boyo too. But like, I'm like, hey, really? Uh, what's so cool about that? Yeah. Like, I didn't understand where that came from. You know, I don't know. Are they friends or whatever? I, I just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but <laughs> yeah, don't we right. get like a so, yeah, slavery so not that bad? <laughs> kind of isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's kind of where he was headed. Um, no, so, like the once G- we get G- into the UN explains. boardroom, don't they like they like oh, slavery's not that big deal. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, the, Gene's going to explain the uh, what had happened, and we had talked about this at the end of or at the end of issue two. Was like, hey, like, how are we sure? Like, was that scene like where they were fighting the X Men in the danger room? Like, we weren't sure how they knew or whatever, but it, you know, it's explained by through her psychic rapport or whatever. Like, that is what had happened. Um, that's how she had known about it. So, because we weren't really sure how that had happened. Uh, but back on Earth, the Russians are shooting their Death Star at Alderaan here. <laughs> They're getting it in position. Uh, you know, <laughs> my, my note says, do you prefer a military target? Then name the system. Uh, so is the, I think it's the plasma. What do they call it? The plasma. plasma uh, not grenade. Plasma cannon. The plasma uh, cannon. Plasma yeah, cannon. Plasma yeah. cannon. Yes. Yeah, so the Russians have gotten to that point. Nick Fury's still trying to talk them out of doing this, this blowing up the planet thing, like or blowing, you know, pissing Magneto off, you know. And again, mm-hmm. um, this what they were talking about doing. Uh, the X Men as they're going through this. Um, 
uh, as the X-Men, I, I skipped a note here, as the X-Men are going through uh, how they're going to get onto Asteroid M, my note here says, the science in this, y'all, sounds like the plot for Armageddon. <laughs> um, what do y'all think about that movie? Just uh, out of the top of your head, what did you, you think about that movie? About Armageddon? Armageddon, yes. 1994, maybe? Five? Armageddon. Yeah. Ben, yeah, ben Affleck, yeah. Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah, blow, it's blowing up asteroids with nuclear weapons. It's a complete bullshit, but hilarious mess. I guess is the best way I can describe it. Mm. None of that shit would ever fucking happen. They threw science <laughs> pretty much right out the door. It's a fucking. Mm. I mean, oh god, you gonna <laughs> you gonna get these slobs that dig dig. Uh, what are they? What are they they dug holes. I guess they were digging yes. for oil. Yeah, put them oil, on the space yeah. shuttle. Drillers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, literally, this is like the only shot they had to save humanity, basically, from the extinction of the, the asteroid hitting the Earth. And they, you're going to put them up, and they're going to drill a hole, basically, in the in the asteroid, uh, mm. put a bomb in it, a nuke, and blow it up. And, yes. <laughs> yeah, it fucking madness. It was like... Yeah. I mean, Independence Day, the original one, is guilty of a lot of the same shit, but for some yes. reason, we give that one a pass. I don't really give this one a pass as much. Brother Beavis? I mean, I can watch Armageddon. it. I can watch it as a complete popcorn movie. To me, that's like, is the that's the golden age of Bruckheimer. I agree. I think, like, before he just... Yeah. Like, he got worse mm-hmm. from there, and the more CGI that gave him, the worse Much it worse. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's completely impractical, mm-hmm. illogical at every turn. But just to... And, and everyone just everyone is like overselling everything the entire time, but I can watch it and enjoy Rest it. In turn. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, uh, okay, there's a couple of good things about that movie. Um, one, Liv Tyler, great in that movie. True. Um, True. You. Get all right. So basically, that was all that was good about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. No, no, I'm good. I said two things, but no, that was it. Uh, yeah, I, it's so bad. I, I, even whatever year old me at the time, you know, again, obviously not that smart at that point in time. Obviously, I went to the movie theater to see this crap. I'm like, why didn't they just hire some astronauts to go drill them holes? Like, <laughs> that would have made more sense. Question. Yeah, <laughs> that would have made more sense. But I mean, A lot cool, more whatever. Answer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I agree with you. It is a good popcorn movie, I guess. But, uh, mm, yeah. This, yeah, their plot, the, their, their, their thing going asteroid in was like, man, this seems like kind of Armageddon y. All right. Back on Earth. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped ahead. Back on Earth. It's White Nick Fury uh, exor- wanting to exercise a little bit of caution with the Russians. And there's a huge word salad explanation about what's going on here from Claremont. He definitely got his words in for this last bit here. And um, so they're really trying to figure this out. Y'all, tell me the difference. What's the difference between White Nick Fury and Gambit? In terms of the in terms of the design the and coke. Look. Yeah, the coke. <laughs> yeah, the coke. That's it. Um, I mean, the iPad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the patch. Yeah, the, the cigar. Yeah, and yeah. well, yeah, they both smoke though. Gambit smokes too, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Lee was big on the yeah, it's uh, just kinda weird. on the sort of semi cow, the like the open top, the convertible top cow or whatever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I was just like mm-hmm. looking at it. I was like, man, that could have been Gambit. Like, they look an awful lot alike. But lot Nick Fury is trying to like slow the Russians down because he knows that the X-Men are headed on their, you know, suicide mission to go ahead to try to take this people out. And, you know, he's going to call them and tell them what's up, you know. And we get a whole nother word salad here bit, too. And this is, I think, where the art starts to fall apart. Snitches get plasma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, we get a huge, again, word explanation of this whole thing. And uh, Jean's pose in this is kind of funny, like where she's standing on the (laughs) ship. Like, I don't know why like that, but whatever. And then Forge calls her red a couple of times in here. And I was like, why do y'all have like a personal relationship? But there's, she's just been back on the team. There's really no comp. There's no, she was dead for a good portion of like when he became popular in these books. So I'm like, why is he feel so familiar to be calling her red? Yeah. Like that just didn't make a lot of and sense. And she's been me. on X Factor ever since. Yeah. 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 They literally have yeah, zero. Yeah. Didn't make any real sense. Yeah, so it's, it was very informal. Um, so yeah, uh, it was kind of weird. Um, so yeah, so back in space, uh, Nick t- calls to tell him what's up. Jean tells us she's been side linked also with the professor, and you knows what's going on. And then there's a there's a weird line in here that I'm like, mm, that's kind of like weird or whatever. She's just like, yeah, we're telepathically bonded on levels that no one can touch. <laughs> remember when the, they, t- remember when, <laughs> yeah, I know. Remember when Onslaught came and like, the Onslaught was like, yeah. hey, yeah, he was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Now he was like in love with like Gene or whatever. I'm like, ew, that's gross, man. That's just gross. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and her response was not that of a understanding, you know, uh, a colleague or whatever or, or a, proverbial daughter she was like what the fuck <laughs> kind of yeah, it, well it should have been because i mean yeah. he's a gazillion years old she's only half a gazillion yeah it should have been that yeah. like it was ridiculous yeah 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 that was that was half your age professor. at some point we'll probably have a gazillion yeah, exactly. <laughs> at some point we will maybe revisit those onslaught books maybe two or three years ago i read those like in a summer and I was just like, oh, these aren't as bad as I thought they were. Uh, I didn't think they were bad at the time. It, the, the, the idea was preposterous. But, you know, the execution and what it led to, with, you know, Hero's Return or Hero's return or whatever, which, again, would be inexplicably tied to this, you know, to the image relaunched or the image launch that's going to come after this. So, anyway. Well, we haven't, we so haven't tackled Scooby. a 90s era crossover yet. And that's a thing mm. unto itself. Um so, I mean, those yeah. are, those are, I, actually, yes. I don't know that I've yeah, read a 90s era yeah. crossover in a while. Mm, yeah, and, and mm. you know, an Onslaught's an interesting one, again, just because of, you know, what it does wind up leading to. You know, those, those heroes reborn books are ass. They're awful. <laughs> and Like, you know, they brought and, uh, back Liefeld and Lee. They're just, those books are ass awful. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. That's where some of his worst violations of anatomy occur yeah. in some of those uh, Captain America <laughs> ones. Captain America. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they're, they're unearthed. Oh, God, they're horrible. Just horrible. Yeah. But yeah. Jim Lee's Fantastic Four wasn't very good either. And, um, no, it wasn't. Like, just in terms of the writing and the plotting, whatever. And then I think they quit those books too, yeah. right, Brother Beavis? They didn't finish out the year run on those either. Uh, uh, I think so, at least one of them got handed off. But I think for the most part... They were, mm. they might have had some fill-ins or whatnot, but 
I mean, it was a lightweight yeah. Ultimate Universe. It was a complete waste, and it didn't stick yeah. around as long as the Ultimate yeah. Universe did. Well, that sounds much like nowadays as well as 90s yeah. comic books. So, all right. <laughs> Gene Scooby-Doo explains everything. Um, I have my note about Forge calling her red twice. And then we get to Asteroid M and Fabian Cortez is that now look at the art on that page y'all i might skip ahead of y'all look at that like did you can you see it starting to fall apart a little bit like look at fabian's face yeah. like it, it doesn't even look finished yeah you know and it looks like yeah and it, like it wasn't inked yeah. yeah yeah and gene and like again he's not great on backgrounds anyway so i can imagine when he's rushed on backgrounds like magneto in the background there it just it just really kind of falls apart and like you know again i'm beating a dead horse you know, these guys draw really good books, but they can't get them out in time. And I'm sure this is partial, part of what led to them wanting to leave, too. It's just like, man, I can't do a book every 30 days. Like, well, why not? Like, stop playing video games, bro. Like, I mean, that's pretty much I'm sure, sure what the problem was half the time is that you were just, you know, kind of being young and whatever. And it's just not getting the books out on time. But, yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, again, they, they explain this um, about this. And he's like, hey, man, why are you not uh, punishing, like, Xavier, you know? Like, you're being too soft on him, you know? Use that, you know, uh. that, that more voodoo on Xavier, mm. you know? And Magneto goes into monologue mode. Like, oh, I want him to suffer. I want him to see, you know, I want him broken is the actual, mm. like, note there. And, you know, Moria tries to stick up for her former booze. Like, oh, you know, he wouldn't have nothing to do with this. He's like, shut up, bitch. Former nothing. And, like, gives it a thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> cuck old banshee yeah. on the well, way. I, yeah, yeah, he's cuck completely. I always thought to two, two in this thing, and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, is that like? Because I thought he he put the metal thing on her, but then remember, Chrome had froze those people. Because then acolytes are like literally just backup da- uh, singers at this point. Yeah. They are the pips. <laughs> they don't really even show, even in the X Men fight, they barely show up. <laughs> that was the one of the things they were like, oh, we can't fight them both off. Yeah, but they really didn't do anything. Well, yeah, this is this oh, is God, they. Really there's bad. plenty of di- there's plenty of Claremont s dialogue on this. He's got this metal skin suit that gives him complete control over yeah. her and senses her uh, any deceptions. Yeah. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. pervy, dude. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he wants her to suffer, you know. And he goes over the baby Hitler plot thing too again. You know, I was a helpless baby. You didn't, you know, blah blah blah. You altered my genetic structure. You know, whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. there's that. And then as he's going off on his monologue, and you know, look, and hey man, we've read a couple of books with Magneto. I was like, oh shit, he about to sexually assault again. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Um, I was like, oh damn, here we go again, man. You're making these books uncomfortable, Eric. He did um, put out. He did put on his robe. Uh, he did put on his raping robe at once. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, you know, he going over this thing, and then he, you know, he was like, ah, you know, and like, whoa, what's wrong with him? He starts to coughing and stuff, and they're like, oh my gosh, and then you know, Moria's like, I'm gonna help you, and then he's like, kind of falling apart, and Fabian Cortez, and again, this is a, you know, spoiler alert, you know, his powers are helping him, sort of, but not really, you know, every time he, you know, helps him, or he reboosts the, the energy, or whatever, it it doesn't nearly, it, it goes away a little bit quicker, Moria explains that well in a, in a thought box as well, so, I mean, again, it, maybe it'll come up in some other books, but I don't remember Fabian Cortez 
coming back in any major way. I think he comes back actually when we get to the point where Wolverine gets his stuff jagged off of him. But other than that, that that's yeah. it, right? Like this is his only run, his major story. Well, Can you think of any other Cortez story? I thought was he it, wasn't there something with the Hellfire Club. Was hit him against the Hellfire Club or something, with or without the acolytes? I can't remember, but it was um, something I can't remember either. I don't know. I thought he had something at least one that. run where he tried to reform the acolytes as their leader, because I think we get a break from mm-hmm. Magneto yeah, that was for it. a while. I think he has one more run, and maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Magneto's going to make a, a dramatic return, obviously, when he comes back to Earth. And again, we're gonna that would be our finale issue when we get to x-men 25 when magnet or when wolverine gets his adamantium ripped out um this is such a you know a huge moment in comic books or whatever all right mm-hmm. so there's that and so we know fabian's got ulterior motors or whatever and then we go to this scene man all right so we go to okay first off mm-hmm. fabian cortez yeah. is in two scenes He's taking care of Magneto, and then now he's over there squaring off against Cyclops <laughs> on something. But taking that out of it, <laughs> taking that out, the artwork, again, falls apart here. Like, I mean, if you look at that shot of them staring at each other, like, this is not great stuff compared to what it was before. Again, you know, it, I mean, we're judging Jim Lee on against his own standards. Um, okay, so... Hold on, let me get to my notes. Yeah, I think, okay, like, so he's he tries to do splash pages. Like, splash pages worth of work in some of the smaller panels. That's where it really doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. My note says, okay, so there's so much going on here. Okay, so, like, okay, we're on an asteroid. So we got a pool. And not just a pool. <laughs> a fucking metered diving board, really? And yeah. Rogue don't got no bathing suit? Brother Beavis, Rogue ain't got a bathing suit. Well, she can't wear a bathing suit. If she touches anybody, she'll steal their powers without hurting them. She you wear... know that. Uh, I think yeah, she'll be. Ah, you're right. You she'll know be what? explaining right. all that shit. <laughs> oh, exactly. God. The Gambit is like, hey, we on vacation. Rip straight down to his skivvy draws. Really? That's what we're doing? She's like, <laughs> He's hey, what happens on Asteroid draws. M stays on Asteroid M. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Psylocke ain't got no bathing suit, yeah. or is her costume a suit <laughs> bathing suit? I think it's painted on is the problem. Yeah, they made themselves at home pretty quick. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, yeah. Just, I just, it's just kind of weird. And uh, so, uh, my other note here says, you know, I, I, they played this Gambit and Rogue thing for such a long time, and you know, one of the books that we read before House of X and Power of X was uh, Mister and Mrs X, where they were actually got married. I don't know if any of that stayed post. House of X, Power huh. of X. I know they're on Excalibur together, but we only read a couple of issues of that book. But I don't know if they are still like a married couple or whatever. Uh, we I don't know if y'all even remember reading those books. We read those books and Deadpool showed up. and We were like, "Yep, we're good. Yeah. Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. We're done. Unfortunately, hey, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, that was the end <laughs> yeah. of that. Um. So yeah. So <laughs> Rogue glitches when she uses her power. I guess. And we'll talk about this in a little bit about, you know, wait, what's going on? And she kind of flies off or whatever. But they do give this little nod to their relationship. And again, that close-up shot of Rogue when he's trying to help her out of the water, that's a great shot. And then, you know, she flies off. But, I mean, yeah. That, it's, mm-hmm. I, 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 I feel sometimes about Rogue 
And again, they kind of got around it in that book somehow, some way, because comics or whatever, because, you know, on their honeymoon night, you know, Gambit and her smashed. Um, I kind of feel the same way about, like, how Thing is always a rock. It's like, it's a, you know, after a certain point, like a certain power, it should, it's been so long. Like, you can't tell me the technology that's come along that you couldn't get, you know, couldn't gotten around that. Like, you know, it's not even an interesting part of their character anymore. Does that make any sense? Yeah, but at the same time, uh, I think this is, I mean, this is so defining for her. Like, I, I would look at it more like, it's like every TV, the, we were just talking about a TV show that goes on too long, right? As soon as the relationship mm. comes together, yeah. the show's over. I think that's the same thing here. If if Rogue, mm-hmm. if Rogue could touch anybody, mm-hmm. there's then she's not an interesting character. If Thing wasn't orange and rocky or could control yeah. it and wasn't angsty about it, he's not an interesting character anymore. So I think... I think there's mm. the, there's some of these cases where they're so defining, you kind of got to stick with it. And I think, and they've had a, a couple interesting yeah. stories wow. where, you know, she had the one incidence in Genosha where instead of being, you know, she lost her, her powers were suppressed so she could touch people and it was a terrible experience. So this thing she wanted for like forever yeah. was nothing, you know, was, mm-hmm. was a nightmare for her. So I, I think it's, I think it's mm. just sort of the basis of the character. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I'd like to see them evolve or whatever in a in a sense. If their power doesn't evolve, at least they evolve to dealing with it. Yeah. And I think as we've gotten to that point now with her, like at this point in time, yeah, that's well, fine. she can control her power now. Yeah, yeah she's she only can been on the team for five yeah. years, and so at this point, but now it's just like eh, you know maybe a little bit. I don't know. Well, an, I, another thing example. always bothers me. If, I got a point. If Cyclops could control his blast, yeah, would he be better? Yeah, I, I mean, right. I, I would say no. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I hear you. All right. So yeah, uh, so she uh, she glitches and she's not sure what the hell's going on. And then it seems like Wolverine also is kind of in on the something that's going on as well. And I don't know about the design of the drawing of Wolverine there too. There's like no real definition around his face, and his neck is the size of a freaking. I don't yeah, know, it's what gigantic. <laughs> I didn't yeah, notice that before. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah, and so and then Beast. Now, if we're keeping track of other things in this book, Beast is not snarling in this. <laughs> His mouth is closed. Uh, the first time, yeah. Yes, and he gives a X Men the animated series a uh, bit of uh, my note says S A T worthy dialogue. Making um, <laughs> 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 Making a quite certipitous departure from this afternoon's festivities and just for business too. I'm like, ay ay ay, come on, beast. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I've never been a fan of that character. And again, even turning him heel, wrestling term, <laughs> fuck Hulk Hogan. Like I hated it even even more. And then they've tried so many different things, turning him into a cat, turning evil. Like everything about him is just awful. I, I just. He's the one X Men, and I wish they would just leave in the Avengers. Like, just put him over there. Let him be the token. He was uh, better uh, off in the Avengers over there. Yeah, Yeah, let him be the token mutant over there. That's fine. Like, he never adds anything to the X books. Like, and he hasn't probably since the original five. So, that's. I mean, out outside the original. I mean, outside of the original five, Beast, Angel, and Iceman are pretty useless as far as like. That they are very uninteresting. Anyone that's not Scott and Gene, we don't really give a fuck about. It's, it's well, just I mean, always been that way. 
But look at Ice. Yeah. I, I keep wanting to say Ice Cube. Look at Ice Man. <laughs> that he, <laughs> yeah. you know, they turned him into an Omega Five level mutant. Um, so yeah. he's supposed to be, you know, his his immaturity of essentially what was holding him back. But maybe later mm-hmm. on, if we learn that maybe his gayness was what was holding him back. Like he was trying to Sheesh. be somebody that he wasn't. And he so, wasn't, you know, yeah. that wasn't able to be able to, you know, use his powers as well as he could. So they've tried with Iceman. Iceman had his own TV show with Spider-Man, y'all. So I don't <laughs> know what y'all saying. He's, uh, he's been a part of the, you know, consciousness there for a while. Uh, I mean, it's, his design has always been one of my favorite characters. But in, in these books... Like, in a team book like this, he's completely useless. He's as useless as he is on the cover. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So, they're going here, and now Jean's going to use her powers. Now she's sitting. I'm like, what? Why are you sitting now? Before, it looked like you were in command, but now she's sitting down. And so, she's using all of her psi powers and telekinetics and telepathy or whatever to shoot this glider all the way across. And there's a word salad here, Brother Beavis, as he, uh, Chris Claremont, explains how this is working. Tell me about the science, dude. Uh, is this the science? Is this going to work? That they have to chart across and do whatever? Summing every iota of her power. The ultimate grappling hook across yes. the Gulf of Miles. Yeah, as far as I understand, uh, telekinesis doesn't let you grab onto stuff. It allows you to... I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's... <laughs> it seems like it's backwards. Like she's is she pulling her the the glider to the the asteroid. Yeah, I thought originally she was pushing the glider to the asteroid, but it looks like she's pulling. I don't know. Yeah, it's same thing. It's weird. This whole yeah. uh, sequence of events is kind of. I don't know, Charles. If he had said like always, she was going to hold asteroid M in its orbit. So that they could catch up to it or something, mm. then maybe I buy that. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I, mm. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They're just Charles, lucky like she always didn't go watching from the corner. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Charles is watching. Charles is watching from the corner, like always. You know. Ooh. Yeah, girl. Uh, <laughs> push that glider. Um. <laughs> push that glider. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, okay. So, yeah, so exactly. Use all the, every iota, girl. Um, so, as always, though, I'm like, okay, so Magneto's got this flying space base in the sky or whatever. Let me make sure that the X-Men aren't going to come up here. Ain't nobody on guard watch. Ain't nobody in the watchtower, like, watching the shit. Like, oh, you know, something's amiss out there. I know Forge designed it to not be seen or whatever, but, I mean, come on, man. Like, Magneto ain't got somebody to... To see that this is coming? Well, so these dudes are able to just sneak up into well, this whole one, thing? number one, he's already converted the X-Men to allies, so he believes. Number two, he just, like, uh, had his breakdown, and he's in... He had to get rushed to the emergency room by Fabian Cortez, who yeah. could be in two places at once. <laughs> yeah. 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 Get one of them right. ventilators. I, um, this clearly, so this clearly works within comic book logic. Yeah, okay, noted. Um, <laughs> but Moira sees something's going on, as well as Charles, because he's, you know, on different levels with Gene or whatever. And then now Wolverine shows up, and that is not a great, I don't, what's the shading of that is, uh, where his company's coming, mm. Moira. Uh, like the shading on that where you can't even see his mouth. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know what was going on there. They're um, trying to play up yeah, the fact whatever. that he, you know, that he's mixed allegiance and who's who's doing what. This is where I wanted yeah, Beast mm-hmm. to come out of the corner and 
kick him in the face, but that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then this is where I would have wanted Wolverine to gut him from fucking toe to freaking tips and be done with Beast, and we'd been done in 1991. But alas, he's still around. Um, all right. <laughs> So, yeah, so they're going through this thing, and it's so funny. Like, Storm is just like, okay, just like we practice in the da- in the danger room or whatever. Um, Jean, you know, Jean's like, I don't think I can do it. And it's like, just like we did in the danger room. And my note says, uh, Jean, bitch, shut up. Like, this is hard. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. I flew in space. Hold on. Rosalia, can I get the uh, cord for this? So, yeah, so... Um, so she uses her psi powers and the telekinesis to pull it across the sky. A grappling hook. I, I, my note here on there says, uh, from Pride of the X, X-Men, remember, uh, Xavier was like, not if we get the grappling hooks to him. <laughs> nah, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, so uh, so they wow. see what's happening. Wolverine sniffs out the whole plot. Um, there is a very much of a Justice League explaining everything that's happening on the panel here going on as they get off this ship. Like, you know, all right, so the next step is yours, Tovarish. <laughs> and then now, then they gave Iceman something to do. Look, <laughs> they're I like, oh, yeah, finally. I froze the wall. Some... <laughs> 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 You're such a good boy, Iceman. You're such a good boy. Look at you. You froze the wall. You're such a good boy. Um, I mean, again, Poor and, and then, and then, why is yeah. I mean, why is Cyclops or not Cyclops? Why is Colossus not like ready for action? Like, why is he? <laughs> Human, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, why did he have to turn? Yeah. They've never ever, you know what I mean? He's like, never ever like had any sort of limits on the amount of time he could be metal, to my knowledge. Yeah, he can <laughs> exactly. breathe, and it's not yeah, like, like there okay. are any snacks that he can't yeah. eat while he's on there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, oh. maybe he made the glider too heavy. Oh, that could be. Is that what it was? That could be. If he was metal, I'll, yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is he yeah, maybe maybe they. They could only size. Yeah, that makes sense because he's in the process of taking off his spacesuit here, at which point he doesn't need it. But yeah, that's probably mm-hmm. right. For them to get in orbit, he would have to be smaller. All right, they should explain well, they, that to us. How are we supposed they gave to know? A, they should. All these words, and they only give us that. I just love that um, he kisses so his he, fist before I, he punches <laughs> the wall. <laughs> so I didn't even yeah. notice that. <laughs> It's like, ooh, baby, and uh, and also, is he is he punching through the is he punching through the wall of the glider? I'm I'm guessing too. They're just knocking a hole in the side of their ship. I guess so. I, I, I guess. mean, you would think uh, that the master yeah. inventor could have put an airlock on it, but I guess not. You would yeah. think. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't think of that. Um, so yeah, he punches through the wall. They get they come closer, Xavier or whatever. And, you know, they start this rescue mission. Xavier makes a joke, and they're like, oh, he got jokes? Um, but they're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and then, like, the, okay, so you take your one person of muscle <laughs> that you have on the team to carry this gift yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, come Shit, on, man. man. You, only got, you only got one person that could punch their way through a freaking wall, and you got Should've him carrying him. this yeah. dude. I'm like, come on, man. Give him the forge. Should have gave him the forge or somebody. Yeah, yeah or yeah, leave him in the damn chair. chair. Like, made yeah. A yeah. Chair. <laughs> a glider chair? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Bad. Yeah, I'm not sure. That just made, I was like, come on, man. So Cyclops comes in and gets the drop and kisses for or kisses Jean or whatever in the silhouette shot there, which is kind of cool. He's like, so I'm tell me red. He calls her red. Makes sense. That's all you need. 
<laughs> like before I wasn't there, baby. But now. Um so she's like, Cyclops. Uh and then, you know, it it and it's on. It's like comic book fight, comic book fight. So everybody's coming out of the rafters here. Uh he he shot his boo pretty hard there. The onomatopoeia there. For the ramp. Um, that's great. Mm. Um and so sort here of we go X-Men when we get this 2, fight. Uh preview, right? Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And so, yeah, so they come out, and you know, and you get your thing. So we get one acolyte here where Delgado shows up, and you know, kind of beats up on excellent fighting Colossus, <laughs> and which makes sense. Um, <laughs> and gets he gets thrown into the ground, but then the rest <laughs> of it, it's really beast. just peels off. Of- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> snarling too. Um, and then the rest of it is just like some fights that you're like, okay, I guess, do I really care? But then there's some things I'm just like, hold on a second. All right. So, yeah, Delgado gets taken out by Beast. Gambit takes out Banshee. So, uh, clearly, he can't scream at this point. Like, he's still injured. No. Yeah, okay. So he, he gets taken yeah, out. Yeah, he had, he's wearing his outfit with the wings, blue winglets and everything, but I guess he's still hurt. Uh, yeah, so it's like. Whatever, yeah. Dude, that's like the manager in baseball wearing a uniform. Like, why the fuck you wearing a uniform? You ain't bunting, pitching. Like, fuck you doing? Like, why are you why why are you not just in a suit or some gym shorts? Um, yeah. Okay, right. and so then then Ro, then Forge goes after Gambit. But he, he's shooting live rounds inside a space station, no less. Like, are you trying to capture yeah. him? Or are you trying to kill him? Like, he's shooting off. <laughs> he peeling. Forge is peeling shots. And Gambit is, like, knocking him off or whatever. But I was just like, dang, that seems kind of harsh, right? That's not, I mean, dang. Yeah. He was, not the smartest thing like in the world, too. Yeah. Yeah. Forge is like, call me Indian again. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he blocks the bullets. One of them hits him in his leg, and now Forge is useless as well. Uh, and then Psylocke is the one that gets the drop on Ice. Uh, Iceman takes out Gambit. And then Psylocke is the one that gets the drop on Iceman, but when she uses the totality of her telekinetic powers or whatever in her psychic knife, it creates a backlog of pa- uh, whatever in his Omega-5 mutant. Maybe she unlocked <laughs> she unlocked a couple of different <laughs> things inside of him, apparently. Hi-oh. Uh, and uh, he releases this uh, burst of ice or whatever that freezes essentially everything around her, including Psylocke. So... Uh, that's basically it. I mean, any of these fights make any sense to y'all? Like, oh, that was fun. Uh, it's just really just raw. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, Gambit cracked the shit out of Banshee. That's the, I chuckled yeah. at that, but I don't know about anything else. I mean, I would say, yeah. Yeah, you're, I mean, Gambit, again, I think is still getting his, intri- you know, his, new ca- his new shine push because he's so recent to the team. He's still getting yeah. a lot of offense, and he still gets mm-hmm. to use like all his powers and dialogue to solve problems. So, uh-huh. well, the, the uh, <laughs> my other note on here says, um, <laughs> like when this started, they should have just started the music, like start the ball, Cajun, because <laughs> it's really just fighting, like in every panel. So there's nothing going on. It's like, you know, I mean, it's basically it. And then Cyclops is definitely done with his boo here like you know what you shouldn't have left me i love madeline Pryor. like he's trying to kill her she's using her powers to dodge it and then uh rogue yeah. steps in front you know because she's been woke um and you know she gets shot <laughs> and now he, 
Now, he'd used his powers like a couple of times already, and now, like, once he shoots Rose, like, hey, what are we doing? <laughs> so, you know, the, again, the explanation <laughs> of how this word was off does not hold up um, at me. all. Uh, so, yeah. What me? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, my official note says Psylocke takes out Iceman, which feels very AEW. <laughs> and then Iceman skeets, skeets, skeets. And then Iceman skeets, skeets, skeets all over the walls. Um, all over everybody. Um, so, yeah. It, it, and again, we get another situation as this going through as they're trying to, you know, start to wrap this book up. And then you got another acolyte in the background peeling off rounds, too. I'm like, what in the world? Like, at least that makes sense because they're evil. Uh, but Magneto is awake. He's like, yo, uh, I thought y'all had hoped to join me. Cyclops, anytime he sees Magneto, he's like, bah, screw you. And he just starts shooting blasters off, man. He just does not <laughs> like, with, like with him at all. And then there's that acolyte pulling rounds at, you know, at uh, Cyclops. Does he have body armor? Like, I don't want to pull his freaking Marvel card or whatever, but he just got shot with a gun well, in the shoulder chest area. Like, it's a, mm-hmm. So the yellow and blue um, uh, uniforms that Forge and Banshee wear were specifically said to be body armor, but I don't know, I don't know if that was translated into his blue and yellow costume. You would think it would be, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the art has fallen off a cliff at this point. And, yes. And the, oh, oh no! It's yeah, really no bad kidding. as it starts to fall. The apart. scene where he gets shot, there's no background. Yeah. 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 No, it's mm-hmm. falling apart. Yep, and it, again, it just it gets worse. And again, moving forward, as we'll talk about later, it gets worse and worse. Um, all right, so it always comes back to Magneto, and, and I'm not going to go too far into this because this really just turns into this, you know, Magneto and Xavier fighting over the dream, um, you know, and you should have joined me. Yeah. And it's just this whole thing. And, again, it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that it's bad. It's bringing it back to what the, you know, the core of this book is or the core of these two characters and their, you know, differences. It's kind of funny 20-whatever years later that – when we get the House of X, Power of X, this is like, you know what? Eventually, you know, Magneto essentially won. He's like, you know what? Yeah. We're good. You know, like, we're good. Like, Xavier is the one that finally comes towards his side. Yes. And even though it's yeah, not came peaceful coexistence. Yeah, and it's not even peaceful coexistence, but it's really like kind of, you know, how Magneto's like, look, we're just going to take Asteroid in. We're going to take Genosha. We're going to take a spot for ourselves and do mm-hmm. what we want to do without, you know, the influence of humans. And, you know, it just took Xavier, nam 30 years to get there. Um, but <laughs> I, I just kind of thought that that was kind of interesting as they're going over and having this fight, fight, or argument. Uh, Magneto monologuing there, and then his powers betray him again. Now, he's discorporate, discorporating? What? Yeah. What? What, does, what is that? Uh, yeah. It, do you guys know what that actually means? Is he like... Like phasing out of yeah. existence, it yeah, looks he's like lo- losing he's trying his to draw corporal it. form, meaning his body is, is essentially form, okay. disintegrating. No, oh, okay. Well, wow. Okay. They were they were gonna, um, you know, Wolverine shows up. He's woke now too. Um, he's not going to kill him because that's what he thought he was going to do, or Magneto thought he would do. He's like, we're not going to do that. We got the Wolverine with the red eyes or whatever. That's a Jim Lee special and again those are not great shots they're not very clean um it's really just kind of been put together and again the last parts of the book is really this explanation about what moira did and her powers that she allegedly tried to influence magneto when he was a kid 
and you're like, oh, well, it only it stopped working when you used your powers. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> that, that it just made no sense. It's a complete, yeah. <laughs> it's a complete it Scooby Doo. So comic booky. Here. Yeah. Yes. It was like, oh yeah. yeah, once you used your powers, but we pointed out to you where people were using their powers, and it was just like they were still, you know, under the influence. It's like maybe when you used your powers against somebody that you cared about, loved. I don't really know, but it didn't really make any sense. Yeah, and that was um, not news to her. But as these guys were, so if like they were all upset, she yes. feels like she could have brought that up when they be first started. She'd be like, yeah, I did mm-hmm. experiment on you as yeah. a child. Uh-huh. That's terrible, but I do want you to know, it doesn't stick. So we don't have yeah. to worry about like your convoluted mm. plot. Or if he was like, you have to do this on the X-Men, she should have been like, okay, no big deal. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because I know when they use the powers, they're going to uh-huh. be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, my note in here says he's not here, but it's always fun to get one in. He's like, yeah, okay, so the mutants will revert back to their normal self when they use their power. It's very force factor-ish. <laughs> um, very force factor. <laughs> <laughs> very very force yeah factor. it actually kind of is yeah, yeah super force factor <laughs> right. so yeah <laughs> and so um, then they figure out that Fabian Cortez is really the one behind this he's taking an escape pod like bye as the plasma cannons uh, being fired towards them okay so I have a note in here too is like this plasma cannon thing here is very and it, y'all we, we probably have different opinions about this movie this is very destruction of Jeddah in um, Rogue One, <laughs> you know, where they're yeah. like, you know, Alderaan wasn't the first planet that they blew up. They went and, you know, test fired the weapon and blew up the city of Jeddah. Like, okay, city. so, mm-hmm. yeah, so they shoot this huge cannon thing over there that they've spent all this time, money, and effort on, but it doesn't destroy the asteroid. It just kind of like sets it ablaze and, you know, what allows all the people to get there. Destabilizes it. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. just like, ah. I guess. Yeah. Corny, yeah, yeah. That happen. yeah. I mean, it's comic-y. <laughs> yeah. And again, the book really just goes into this, you know, Magneto saving, you know, what he can, and but then also saving the X Men because you know he, you know, respects Charles or whatever. And Charles tries to get him to come with him. He's like, Nah, son, like I'm good. And you know, it, it, it's really just a comic book version of the speech, you know, near the end of the X Men movies, really. I mean, that's basically uh-huh. what it is, you know, where they, all of the X-Men movies, mo- probably more importantly, like the first class movies, you know, where they have this debate about, you know, their different philosophies or whatever. But I mean, that's basically what it is. And again, it goes back to the core of their relationship and the core of these original books. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of like the throwback. Anything else stick out to you in these last few pages? Mm. I really don't have much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I got one. Gene, Cyclops is in charge. Gene, I'll help Gene. I'm like, of course you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing too is. Uh, yeah, thanks for your input, There's Cyclops. You see yeah. Banshee with like the old toothache style bandage wrapped around his head because he got clocked in the fight. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So, I mean, this is as I was reading the tail Useless. end of this. You know, this is where I had my revelation. Like. There's probably like a sweet spot between full Claremont and the rest of the world. Like there's, there's too much narrative here. I mean, the irony I think yeah. is like he wrote his books so that, like apparently, if you'd never read the X Men before, 
you would absolutely know everything that yeah. was going on in this book. Like every flashback was fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Every picture that had powers being manifested was completely explained. Um, but at this uh-huh. point, like, dude, you have a following. You have a you have a fifteen year twenty uh, fifteen year run on this book. Like, people have been following you. You don't need to like spoon feed everybody. So, I think I think probably mm-hmm. there was a huge overcorrection as we get farther and farther away from this point. But I think there was probably, yeah. there was, this was too mm-hmm. much Claremont at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, and the further funny part of that is, too, is that as we get through these books and this finishes up, there's going to be like some temporary plotters or whatever until, with, Jim, with Jim Lee. Until we get until after he leaves the book and there's some core temporary plotters or whatever till you get to Scott Lobdell who winds up taking over the book who writes it for shit years. Um, I mean, not 30 years, but what he was doing was essentially Claremont light, you know, telling these long, you know, drawn out stories or whatever to some decent success or whatever. Depends on how you feel about Scott Lobdell. But, like, I mean, he was essentially kind of trying to do what you're talking about, Brother B. It was, like, trying to tell these stories where continuity matters, but also, like, man, give a brother a break. Like, I can't spend 45 minutes reading these yeah. damn books, like, at all. Like, it's just too much. I think the strength so, here is this whole, this three-issue yeah. arc is, like, the the writing is so true to the character's cores. And not only each individual yeah. character, but their relationships and the, the X-Men in general. And we very clearly lost that um, over the years. Yes. (laughs) And so even though this is a tried and true Xavier Magneto story, you know, there's something to that. And it's like, okay, this is this is how it used to be. And, you know, I don't fly into a berserker rage like Colossus or like Cyclops and Beast when I see Magneto. But when I see Magneto Mm. on the team, I'm like, wait a minute. That's that's still not right. I'm still trying mm-hmm. to see the story where he actually right. where he where he finally made his face turn and it stuck. Wrestling turn, fuck you all. Go yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just you know it, that's a good point that you're making about yeah it does stay true to these characters and I think that is important on a relaunch book because you know some people probably had dropped off the X Men at that point and when they jump back on like okay this is you know, what's familiar. And I, I, and I think that does mean something to, you know, people that have been reading a book for a long time. Conversely, once this book ends and once Claremont's book, you know, run here ends as this book wraps up, like, oh, you know, he showed his real self to me. Please, you know, let me in. You know, I love you. Oh, wait, maybe not. Um, And, uh, you know, they, you know, he saves them and sends them off on the glider or whatever back to Earth. And, you know, and that's pretty much it. And, you know and again magneto gets the dialogue monologue out you know at the end of the book you know but that's you know that's pretty much it um there is a bit there where charles is like morva you did bad i'm like really after all that (laughs) (laughs) it's like really Man, you know one of these lives, Charles. I'm gonna waste that life to come back and smack you upside the head. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I remember this shit. How dare you? Um, so yeah, um, and you know, and this, you know, this sets up the end of this. It sets up the end of the story for Claremont here, 
and you know we're going to talk about the books that are coming up would you get that last shot there where everybody looking at the camera uh shot i like yeah you see banshees the toothache thing with cyclops with the, yeah. they, you, they don't have no better medical stuff there. really he got shot in the arm <laughs> he got really. shot too they put a sling on him yeah he got shot yeah not yeah. a tourniquet he got a freaking arm brace on uh yeah so yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's just a big old uh, end out on a lot of talking there. Uh, and that's next. Well, you know, you get the CSC 1976 to 1991 Finn, but not really. Damn. And then Omega <laughs> Red coming up. And I don't remember at the time. Again, remember, I'm reading these on post dates. So these books came out long before I, so I had to go back and read them. So I don't remember being like, oh, shit, Omega Red, because when I was reading this, I'd already seen his sorry ass on the cartoon. I'm like, man, this character sucks. <laughs> and so I go back in and read the books, and I'm just like, oh, okay, this is Omega Red. Okay, cool. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. So put a, we'll put a pause on that. I said to you we would tease to talk to you about the Chris Claremont creator-owned book uh, that he had like a few years after this. Um, it was called Sovereign Seven. Um I don't really know what to say, really. Uh, I will take the, I will jump on the grenade that I was like, oh, Chris Claremont's got a book. That's freaking cool. I'm in the comic book game at this time. I believe this is 1998. And I'm like, oh, Cur- you know, Claremont's got a book, man. That's freaking cool. And I said to Brother Beavis, I was like, hey, Claremont, five. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm like, man, Brother Beavis, um, you know, Claremont's got a book coming out, you know, and one, he should have been like, dude, it's DC. Like, what are you doing? I don't know why you didn't say that. And then two, like, it, it was creator-owned, which is also another problem. It's like, oh, come on, dude, that, that's two yeah. strikes. But again, in 95, me, I wouldn't have known that. And then three, we said before we started recording or whatever, like, this is really just some Alpha Flight bullshit, y'all. Um, but worse, (laughs) it is, it's just worse. It's a group of heroes from a different planet. They got sent to earth because they had to move from planet to planet. And essentially they're all just, you know, X-Men clones, uh, cascade, (laughs) teleport (laughs) network, a telepath, uh, ramp, rampart, force fields, reflex, speedster, another telepath or telekinetic. Cruise, Indigo, she can become invisible. Like it was just a bunch of fake ass X Men, and with some backstories that were very Alpha Flight esque, and a book that just Oof. didn't do much. And they, op- for they me. operated out. I of think a I have the first twelve issues that was essentially Harry's Hideaway, and there was a lightweight mm. Wolverine cameo mm. in like the issue one. Right, they showed the back of his head or something like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh really? A beautifully wow. drawn book, yeah. By I think it's Dwayne Murphy. Dwayne Turner. Dwayne Turner, excuse me. I mean, a beautifully drawn mm. book. I mean, it's great looking, um, mm. but this is it was not good. Um, the, the character yeah. development's not there. And again, he's somebody who lived in character development, but you know, we just dropped these characters into this book without much of an explanation. And even as you start to read past issue one, you really don't get this full explanation on who they are, why they are, and anything like that. And it just doesn't, it doesn't, mm, it's just not great um, at Mm -hmm. all. Uh, And again, it could be, you know, 
he couldn't write the DC style or something like that. But I mean, because I know Brother Beavis, you read at least the first one, and you probably read more than that back in the day. This is not great, though. Not his best work. No, and it's I, and I think I didn't. I never made that connection, but until until you brought it up. But the the comparison to Alpha Flight is one hundred percent because there, yeah. like, you see elements uh-huh. of it of what you're know, like. Oh shit, X Men was great. X Men Burning Claremont was great. You see elements of that in, in Alpha Flight. You see elements mm. in this. But it's just garbage, and uh, it's inexplicable as to why. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is trash. Mm. Yeah, it's just trash. I mean, like if there were no words, you'd be like, "Damn, this is a really good book," just with the art. But then when they put words in it, it makes it really, really bad. And again, you know, uh, we all have our issues. This is the Marvel hacks. This is a technically a DC book, and even though it's creator owned, it is set within the DC universe or whatever. So you know, you got apocalypse stuff and the furies and the parademons and all this you know like all that kind of dc stuff or whatever that you know it is what it it is what it is i'm not a huge fan of it you know but they you know obviously thought enough about claremont that they were going to give them this team of nobody that knows anybody about anything they were going to give them apocalypse and you know the female furies at the end of the first book i'm like really like how did they earn that they went straight to the main event you know, wrestling terms. They didn't, wow. you know, they didn't fight any jobbers or anything. They just went straight to the main event. It's, <laughs> I mean, if you're just, like, into, like, DC or you're into, like, really pretty books, like, I would recommend it highly. If you're into storytelling and that makes sense, you can do stories that don't make any sense. But if you're into storytelling that makes sense, this is probably not a great one for you. Um so, you know, Claremont writes this book for 36 issues. I can't believe it got 36 issues. Um, he writes it for 36 Damn. issues, and then he's shortly back on X-Men. Like, I think, and maybe that's where I'm getting the 98 part. Like, I think he's back on X-Men in 98 or some version of X-Men books where he kind of jumps back in. So, Yeah, can you um, imagine the, yeah. who had to, like, who, <laughs> who drew the straw to have to go and tell him, like, dude, your book sucks. It's fancy. Yeah, <laughs> I guess DC thought they get, since they did get the new gods out of Jack Kirby, they thought they might maybe two go two for two with another uh, former big time Marvel Marvel um, icon, and yeah. it didn't happen this time, to say the least. No, so no, it definitely yeah. didn't. Um, it just, I, I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, it just. <laughs> Like, hey, here's seven new characters you know anything about. Like, all right, care about it. Wait, what? Wait, who? Why? What? What? Like, and there was no, like, any chance to, like, trying to build up who these people were and why you were supposed to cheer for them. Um, it just made no sense. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, yeah. If you want to go back and read Sovereign 7, go for it. <laughs> um, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. It's very cheap. Probably 36 issues for 36 cents. Um, all right. What's next? All right, so for the X-Men, um, we had teased, or they teased, Omega Red at the end of issue three. Now, um, again, my initial thought of this was like, oh, I think Omega Red was like a couple of issues. Nope. No, son. Mm-mm. It's the next <laughs> five issues of partly Ooh. Omega Red stuff for five freaking issues. So we had said we're not, you know, season 11 ain't going to be 25 issues. Like we're not going to be doing, uh, you know, an issue for all the way up to Wolverine's, uh, you know, time untimely demise there. 
So we're going to be doubling up here soon. So next week we're going to be doing issues number four and five, which is the debut of Omega Red, you know, where you actually get a chance to see him. We are going to run that character into the absolute ground. If you have any nice feelings <laughs> about that character, you're going to be so, so upset. Pissed. If you have any feelings yeah. about Maverick, if you're like a big fan of Maverick, not Tom Cruise Maverick, Maverick in these comic books, you may get your feelings hurt too. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Because these backstories that they're going to tell are just, mm, boy, I'm looking at them. I was like, man, these books still look kind of good. And then when this book starts, now Claremont's off. Now the cope, they bring back John Byrne to do the scripting and the plotting with Jim Lee. So he's going to be on the book actually through this whole, um, this whole Omega Red situation. Did y'all remember wow. or know that? No. I had until you said that um originally I had no idea John Byrne had anything to do with the X Men again. Uh yeah. other than art, you know, not drawing it, obviously, but yeah. I had no idea. And yeah, that's not good he, because I do not remember those books fondly. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. He's, he, he's he's helping with the plotting and the scripting with Jim Lee because they were like, Hey, Jim Lee, write a book and I'm sure he was like, Write a who? Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't work out. Are we not going so, to give uh, the gold team any love? Yeah, but it, is this where it starts the crossover? I think that there. Because I thought we had yeah, issue. I think by I want to say by the time this arc ends, then the gold team is on their own. Because don't the blue team goes off to Siberia or whatever, and then I think the gold team does their their intro mm-hmm. to Bishop and all that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Okay. We can we can we can jump in there because again, without Claremont on the books, there's really no plotting. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that we're, yeah, we're wow. just, you know, going through <laughs> issues four and five will very will happen very quickly. And be like, oh look, a splash page. Look, ooh, freaking Omega Red snarling. Uh, you know, ooh, his powers are super <laughs> nebulous. I mean, that's basically what you're going to get. And. So, yeah, I mean, we may switch back over to the other team, which, again, is super JV. Um, and then they add Bishop, who was king of the JVs. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can flip back over there in between. But, yeah, that's – so, yeah, so the issues, the next five issues, four and five, six and seven, are all Omega Red. Not all, but mostly wow. Omega Red issues. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, mostly. So four issues. Yeah, of they Omega really dragged Red. that shit out. But yeah. then, but then, but you know, like the 1999 commercial. But wait, there's more. It Maybe goes from Omega more. Red to freaking Mojo. Ooh. So it's just like, oh, oh God Almighty, God, collective, yeah, goes, collective sigh. Yeah, yeah. It just goes yeah. from Omega Red to Mojo. And now there's some B-plot stuff in there because Sabretooth comes back with all this stuff with Maverick or whatever, and there's a you know, one of those plots that plays out later on, much later on with um, Cy- with uh, Ga- Gambit and uh, Sabretooth that plays out much, much later. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, you know, so there's some stuff in there that's actually kind of decent. But, yeah, um, it's not the mojo stuff. It's not the long shot stuff. Hey, let's bring back Dazzler. Who was asking for that? Like, nobody was asking for any of that <laughs> stuff. So, um, yeah, mm-mm-mm. But overall, yeah. so yeah, so we'll be jumping around a little bit as we get to, to 25. And then, again, we're eight issues from Jim Lee being off this book, too. Uh, he only makes it through 11 issues. Uh, we'll talk about it as we get towards the end. But, yeah, 
All right. So as a story arc, three issues. What did y'all think? At least three issues. You know, Magneto's return and eventual exit. Um, as a um, as a book to kick off the uh, the rebirth of the X Men, um, relaunch of the X Men. This was. I mean, I thought it made sense. Yeah, of course it's going to be Magneto uh, as, as their greatest villain. And at the time, man, that, this book was hyped at, back then. I, uh, we already kind of went over it. I had like three or four versions of that, uh, the cover, the mosaic of the mm-hmm. book. Had like four issues of each one. I was like, I'm going right. to sell these and I'm going to retire. <laughs> man, <laughs> looking back now, yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking hilarious. But um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's got its issues. But I mean, Jim Lee was such a good artist, is a, such a good artist. The, yeah, despite the issues he has in the book, I mean, and I enjoyed it back then, and I still do now. It's um, some things are kind of a little sillier, <laughs> especially once you uh, um, um, examine it to the level we have. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. it's still, I still like the books. I, I really do. Yeah, they're they're they're. they're. <sighs> Brother Beavis, they mentioned that, like, oh, I'm not sure going back into our youth is such a great idea sometimes. These weren't <laughs> as painful as they could have been. Like, I think there's a portion of that that could have been really bad. But, you know, I, I they they read pretty much how I felt that they read back then. Brother Beavis, that what I didn't see was the art falling apart. I didn't see the art falling apart back then, but I clearly see it now. Brother Beavis, what would you think of this three-issue art? Yeah, I think... Um in particular, number one, I was super hyped, and then it sort of faded off. The other thing I think was part of that, too, is reading these once a month versus reading them every week and mm. having to slog through some of the Claremontisms. Mm. I think that's part of it, too. So, um, again, yeah. I think there's this is these are, in a way, these are as classic as any of the other classic run because this is sort of defined kind of a generation that would follow it, the, you know, the, the next iteration of the Golden yeah. Blue. So, yeah, I mean... Definitely, I I think they hold up at least. Yeah, this forgive me for making this wrestling reference, and we do it all the time on here. This, like the X Men books that we grew up on, like when we were kids, teenagers, or whatever. That's literally like us watching classic wrestling. You know, uh, Saturday Night NWA six oh five on TBS. Like that was like that. This was like our Monday Nitro, yeah. you know? It was like, all right, yeah. we're coming. It, it's the same thing, but different. It looks better. It, you know, it might not be as good, but at least it's it's familiar, and I can still relate to it. Whereas now the comic books are AEW, where I know what it is, but I'm not sure if I really like it all the time. Like, sometimes it's okay, you know, I'm trying to get a fix, but, like, sometimes it's just like, oh, my God, like, I have no idea what's going on here, and maybe this is not made for me. And I, I think that's really, you know, kind of what this is. You know, like, I read these books, it's like, man, this takes me back to a, a different time. You're like, well, oh, well, the other time when I was reading these books, I was kind of middle school, high school. Now with this, reading these books, I'm a full-on adult, you know, being able to buy my own comic books without having to, you know, freaking sell, <laughs> you know, or take in cans and bottles. <laughs> you know, to whatever to, to exchange them, to go get money for the books, you know. So it's like right. a completely different headset, you know, how you think about or how you view the books. And like I said, I I know they kind of kind of fall off here a little bit in the middle, 
but they do start to, you know, once Kubert comes on the book, it does start to pick up a little bit as you get to that, you know, that jump off book at 25s, you know, and, you know, it's not as terrible as, you know, it's not as terrible as I, as I it's not as terrible, it's not terrible at all. Like, I think it, it'll hold up a little bit except for a couple issues here and there, like Omega Red. Sorry, I just cannot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just, I just cannot with that character, man. I just can't. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, I just can't. I'll put you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> just can't. All right. All right. Huh. So that was wrap up issue number or episode number three. Remember, you better find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Uh, just search Brothers Comics. You'll be able to see that. Uh, shout out to the people at the Florida Geek Scene for uh, featuring us on their podcast uh, channel every week. We really do appreciate that. Um, I think his name is Scott over there on, at Florida Geek Scene. So we really do appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so as the X-Men, the animated series starts to play us out, I am the producer of this podcast and I'm signing off. Uh, Sandman, go ahead and sign off. All right, people, we will see you on the next episode. Stay safe. Yeah, yeah, I know. We, uh, If you listen to us for any amount of time, you're like, man, they got three books. They got three episodes out in three weeks. What the hell is going on? That's because we like the books. Um, <laughs> we only get in trouble yeah. when we don't like the books. Where it's just like, oh, man. Uh, so we'll we'll channel through for Omega Red and Chunks. So maybe we can get through it if we had to do them one at a time. I don't know if we'd make it. Uh, Brother B was good and sign off. Right, catch you guys next time. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, get your Omega Red action figures out, and you know maybe as an act of sacrifice, <laughs> just blow it up after uh, listening to our podcast. We'll see everybody on the other side. Peace. Peace.